Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched A League of Their Own. On Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video. Still evil. Yeah. What'd you think of A League of Their Own? I'm not sure. I thought it was okay. What are you uncertain about? I don't know. Like, I I think there were a lot of storylines going on. And I feel like there are a lot of avenues for them to pursue stories about social justice. Yeah. Um, and I almost feel like there are too many. Like, it just, it feels like it, it, everything's got a lot of weight to it. You know what I mean? Like they're just shoehorning classes into the show. I don't know if it's shoehorning in. Like I, it's they they seemed relevant, but I also think it's I I think it's gonna be very hard to resolve all all of those um, in any sort of satisfying way over the course of one season, let alone of however long the show lasts. Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody what this is about? Uh, sure. Uh, this is about the creation of the first uh, all-female professional baseball league that took place in, like, towards the end of World War II, because most of the uh, athlete men and stuff like that were off at war. So there was uh, an open market for this sort of thing. Um, and it's based off of a movie that was significantly better than this, but I think that's just because it had Tom Hanks in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you liked that movie? Oh, I love that movie. It's great. Yeah, I like that movie, too. It, it's pretty universally loved, right? Like, there's no crying and baseball and all that? Yeah, I think so. I don't hear it, t- like, hear it talked about much but i i don't think that it's I, I think that it's pretty well liked right how often do you think tom hanks is like walking down the street and somebody just yells there's no crying in baseball at him i think about as often as somebody screams wilson at him oh he probably gets run for us run the most though right i think he gets all of them yeah probably i think Often at the same time, <laughs> there's probably three groups of people at, on any given street that he's walking on that are all screaming lines from different movies of his. Yep, yeah, probably. What do you got in your notes? My notes are kind of muddled. Mine too, and not very many of them. I had a decent amount of notes. Like I, I had the distinct thought as I was watching it that I'm going to have to take more notes this time because I'm. I'm not nearly as bad as I was on Monday in terms of these meds that I'm on, but today I'm still like, I can catch myself uh, staring off into space <laughs> if I'm not paying attention, like very close attention, um, which I definitely did during this show once or twice, but you know, it was an hour long. So there was plenty of opportunities for it. I liked, uh, honestly, I, uh, I feel like I ring this bell a lot on this podcast, but I almost wish this would pick a lane more. This is another show that I'm sure would call itself a dramedy. And 
I liked the comedy in this. And like I said before, I think there's a lot of opportunity for drama. I almost feel like there's maybe too much. Yeah. Uh, this was written and starring one of the Broad City actresses. I didn't realize it was written by her. Yeah. It was... All right, so I thought I recognized her and I looked her up. Like, yeah, Abby Jenkinson. I thought she did a good job. Yeah, oh. I thought she was. I thought she was good in this. Yep. I like honestly, I like most of the actors. Uh, yeah. in this. It had a good cast. Uh, it had uh, Darcy Carden who played Janet in The Good Place. Nice yeah. to see her. It had uh, Nate Faxon who we just saw recently in what was the Loot. show? He was what was Loot. The Maya Rudolph show? Yeah. Yeah, we just saw him in Loot. I liked the cast, too. So you were telling me that your mom was an extra in the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, we... I grew up uh, as a kid in southern Indiana, and that's where they filmed a lot of this movie. As a matter of fact, I think I've been in the dugout. Like they've got plaques up, like this is the dugout for the Racine Peaches and all that sort of crap. I don't remember if it's in Racine or not. I would assume so. But either way, um, they had a, a casting call for extras for I don't know what scene. It's one of the uh, scenes towards the end of the movie. And she, I was texting her yesterday trying to mine her for stories because I distinctly remember her telling me that there was a celebrity on the movie that was fantastic, was just like amazing, really nice. And then there was somebody that was just awful. It was either Rosie O'Donnell or Madonna that was just awful, but I couldn't remember. So I texted her yesterday yesterday, trying to mine her for details. And all she gave me was Tom Hanks was amazing. Well, sure. Mom, I fucking know. (laughs) I bet Rosie O'Donnell was nice. She seems like she's nice, right? Well, especially early 90s when she was just becoming pretty huge, I think pre-talk show, that sort of thing, I could see it. Um, but I also, I could see that swinging the other way. I think you catch her on a bad day. I think it was Madonna that she said was, I don't know. She wouldn't, like, I tried, I, I flat out asked her, like, so who was it that was, uh, you know, not so nice that she wouldn't answer? As if my mom's going to run into any of these people before, like later, and they will have also listened to the podcast and right. say, hey, talk shit about me on the on, on your son's podcast. Right, Gina Davis <laughs> is tweeting at your mom. <laughs> my connection to this movie is my grandmother was an athlete back in the day, and so she almost tried out for the Rockford Peaches, but she did not. Because she heard there were going to be a bunch of lesbians on the team. (laughs) So, Bubby, if you're out there in the ether listening to this, just do better, you know? Also, if this shows to be believed, you you might have been right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, I believe her that there were going to be a bunch of lesbians on the team, but... It wasn't a reason to uh, turn down an opportunity, is what you're saying. I guess in the 40s it was. Gosh, it's like all my animals want to be on the podcast today. Oh, it's it's your animals' turn. They're jealous of all the airtime that Huckleberry and uh, Chauncey get regularly. Yeah. Just by you, I know you're at your house, and I know I've got headphones on, but just by you saying Chauncey while we're recording, anything can happen, dude. That dog could just show up. Yep. You'll... you'll 
find out slash remember, oh crap, we agreed to watch him <laughs> yeah. this weekend. Oh yeah, you're going to Beetlejuice him into existence. Chauncey, Chauncey, Chauncey. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I liked the opening scene when she's like running to meet the train and somebody stops her and she's holding all of her luggage and she's like out of breath chasing the train and they're like, am I going to see you at church later? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, uh, yeah, you are. She didn't even play it off like that, like that sarcastically. I It had me bleeding for a second. Like, how the fuck is she going to get back? Where's she going? <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. There were a lot. There were a lot of uh, uh, <laughs> jokes that made me laugh a lot uh, when she finally did get her way on the train and she's out of breath and just says Jesus and uh, sees a bunch of nuns and tries to play it off. Jesus, we we miss you so much. Yeah. <laughs> and then she sits down and the kid goes, "You look crazy." And she goes, "Yeah, well, was uh." Darcy Carden playing Madonna's character? No, I think that was the blonde. Yeah, there was that. But then Madonna's character was friends with Rosie O'Donnell's character. And yeah. And, yeah. and there was a very clear uh, a Rosie O'Donnell stand-in. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, there's a very clear Rosie O'Donnell figure. Also, I think that if my grandmother would have made the team, that Madonna would have played her. Okay. <laughs> Was she was she a lot like Madonna? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, my grandmother was a very severe woman that everybody but me was afraid of, and I never understood. Never got that people were afraid of her, but I uh, wasn't afraid of her because I was the oldest uh, boy, mm-hmm. so I got all the special treatment. Of course, yeah. Let's see here. What else do I got? Oh. Yep. There was uh actress from I Think You Should Leave in this. Uh, which actress was that? Uh, she's the one that was playing like the... Oh, I've never been drunk before, but I've read about it in the... The really anxious one? Yeah, the really anxious one. Yeah. Okay. I thought I recognized her from somewhere and didn't like her. And that's why. <laughs> um there's also another actress that I thought I recognized, but I think it's mostly because she looks just like the dude that plays Pennywise. Oh, nope. I recognize her from Letterkenny. That's where I recognize her from. Who's she playing Letterkenny? Betty Ann. Hmm. I, I, it's the first thing that popped up and all of her other credits, none of them look even remotely familiar, so it's got to be Letterkenny. All right. also, she, she definitely looks a little like that Skarsgård guy that plays Pennywise in the new It movies. Oh, okay. Here's here's something. The one woman uh, takes the train to the tryouts and doesn't tell her parents where she's going. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back and her mom's like, where were you? And she goes, oh, I went to a jazz concert. And she's like, oh, who was playing? And she names some jazz people. And she goes, oh, what songs did they play? And then she struggles to name any songs by the people she named. Mm -hmm. Why didn't she just name people whose songs that she knew? Why didn't she, when she was making up this lie, come up with something that she was more familiar with so she could, like, talk to, like, speak to that lie? You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. How... Have you watched any more of those pitch meetings? No. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, I've watched, uh, I mean, I watch a good deal of them. Why is there one for this show? No, and I maybe, but oh. I don't think so yet. What I was going to say is he's got a running theme himself, which is somebody will ask a very common sense thing and the writer's response is, because we need the plot to move forward. And that's, that's it. That's the only reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back about this jazz concert. Get off that thing. <laughs> um, it doesn't look like, at least name-wise, that Madonna's character is in this. Same with... Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, they're just they're they're throwing all new characters in there, but then very clearly paying homages to them, I suspect. Right. And uh it doesn't look like the manager of the team's gonna have a big role, but Nick Offerman plays them when they do. Yeah, I saw that in a screenshot and of something or other, but it's yeah, it's a completely different character there too. Yeah. Do you think he's gonna be ornery? I or think it's all Nick Offerman knows how to play. Is ornery? He can play yeah. nice. When's the last time he played something nice? Um, that movie about where his daughter plays music. Also, Ron Swanson's nice. He's gruff. He's ornery. I don't think ornery means mean. I just think that he's he's. That's fair. He's got a gruff edge to him that uh, puts off most people. That's fair. Oh, the founder, he plays a really nice person. I haven't seen the founder. Richard McDonald. But I'm thinking of Hearts Beat Loud is what I'm thinking of. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, it's it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's just about musicians. That poster looks vaguely familiar, but I have not. I haven't seen this movie. Well, give it a watch sometime. One of these days. Ted Danson's in it. Never. Ted Danson is also great. Yeah, and also in The Good Place. Yes. Should we just talk about how awesome The Good Place is? Man, I love The Good Place. But that reminds me, the rehearsal update coming next week because I'm going to wait until I see this series finale and then I'm going to talk all about it. Okay. So, Nicole and Marnie, just wait until next week. You'll get at least a mini review of the rehearsal. The rehearsal. I plan on watching at least the first episode before you do this, so I'm glad that it's being put off till next week. I, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but you got to watch like the first three to fully grasp what's going on on this show. The first, the first episode of that show does not even introduce the main thing about the show. So I (laughs) want to watch the first episode and the first episode alone. Okay. And then speculate wildly about what happened. And then you tell me how right I am or not. Very, very wrong. But, uh, I I know Marnie's probably going to want to hear my review on the podcast, but Marnie and I have been texting extensively about this show. I see. So she's getting a backstage look at this. Yeah, I should be like withholding that stuff and making her listen to the podcast. Yeah, kind of, right? Yeah. Hold hold your friends hostage. (laughs) Make them listen to 
our, our crummy podcast, of course. Yeah, absolutely. What else? Did they just switch uh switch out Wrigley Field for a candy bar company? Um, wasn't it always a candy bar company? Wrigley is a chewing gum company. I know, but I mean in the movie too. Oh, was it? Oh. I'm looking it up right now. I don't think it was it was ever Wrigley gum, but I could be wrong. That's odd because I'm I'm pretty sure that Wrigley doesn't like the chewing gum company now doesn't have anything to do with the with the actual field. It's just still named that for tradition. The Cubs own the naming rights. So I don't know. You'd have to get the whatever their names are. The tryout scene took place at a fictional Major League Baseball stadium in Chicago called Harvey Field. But it was actually filmed at Wrigley Field. So even in that movie, they didn't call it Wrigley Field. Interesting. Because I I distinctly remember like that whole Harvey even makes sense because I distinctly remember there being something called like a Harvey bar. Yeah, as soon as you said Harvey Field, that rang back or came back to me too. Because didn't the uh, that chubby kid in the movie just eat a bunch like I distinctly remember a scene with him with like chocolate all over his face yeah was that the same was that the catcher from the Sandlot was that the same actor no uh, no 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 I know who you're talking about but no yeah was it somebody famous though what was that it was May's wasn't it May's kid or was it Rosie like Madonna's kid or Rosie O'Donnell's kid I don't remember. I don't know. It was neither of theirs. It was another character's kid. That does remind me, though. I have another tie to this movie. Oh, okay. Shot it in town. You remember the scene at the end of the movie where uh, the cab driver hits on Gina Davis? There's like it's it's towards the very end of the movie. It's just some kid, punk kid who looks like he's like 18 tops hits on Gina Davis and I think she slaps him and then that's it. He drives away. That's it's the end. It was just like a joke scene. Was that you? That kid was my babysitter. Oh, <laughs> that guy. I don't remember his name, but uh, he was the babysitter that beat that first Ninja Turtles game for me. Like got us past the, uh, the damn level. Was that the same one that gave you the parental code so you could watch Beavis and Butthead? I think so. Yeah, that would track time wise. Wow, dude! I gotta look up. I gotta look up this kid because he's not a kid anymore. I'm sure. I'm sure he's fucking fifty. But does he have a IMDb? I'm looking at looking it up right now. Oh, I found the kid from the A League of Their Own movie, and it doesn't look like it's Justin Scheller is his name. The the child from yeah. the movie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, this is the kid. I mean, I found a, a video clip of it. <laughs> That's right. He says, What's your what's your rush, doll? What do you say? We slip in the back seat and I, you make a man out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. that <laughs> oh, that's awful. The kid from A League of Their Own, it looks like, was a local kid, too, and then acted in a movie again. 
Well, he didn't babysit me, so he's not as important, I guess, in my life. That's ridiculous. Oh, well, you want to write episode two? Yeah, uh, I think we should. So at the end of episode one, what happens? (laughs) The end of episode one was uh, uh, Darcy's character. What was her name? Uh, Greta. Greta, yeah. Confirming her suspicion that uh, Abby's character, Carson, was at least bisexual, if not gay, because she kissed her out back somewhere and then just fucking ghosted her. Yeah, it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool and it made me mad. I think that's maybe why I don't I think that's maybe why I don't want to watch the rest of the show is because I don't want to watch her be uh, a heel. Like an yeah. So yeah. I think our episode two has to redeem her. Okay. Um, so we watch. saw that in also at the end um the main character, I forget who Broad City. I forget her name. Carson. Carson runs into the player who uh, was not allowed to try out because of the color of her skin. And it's quite obvious she's going to get the team to get her on the team somehow. Mm -hmm. So those are the two things. Oh, maybe um, Greta could like come up with a plan or get really involved and like redeem herself that way maybe so the last scene we see of her is her walking away with some soldier that she saw or that she met in the bar yeah Carson is trying to talk her out of it maybe that's not just some soldier maybe that's the guy that's in charge of recruiting for the team and she's trying to get in good with him so that she can convince him to let, uh, what's that character's name, Max? Yeah, Max on the team. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she hooks up with the recruiter of the show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next morning, Carson gathers the team together to be like, okay, team. We're going to get her on the team because she's a really good pitcher. But how are we going to do this? But uh, Carson and Greta are not getting along because of what happened last night. So there's got to be like some drawn out like, well, I know how to do this, but I'm not going to tell her type thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to be a dramatic like reveal or not even a dramatic scene where Carson is yelling at Greta. Like what, what are you even on this team for? Like you just out to, to fuck me over or whatever. I don't know, whatever bullshit they want to make up in the moment. Yeah. And then she dramatically like slams the contract that Max signed to be on the team, like in her face, like I was busy doing this. And then like, she just walks away and then Carson's got a stew in that for a second, you know? Yeah. Oh, maybe I misjudged her. This isn't funny, but it uh, does make me want to watch the show more. So maybe you should watch uh, the second episode. I I doubt that I will. All right, I think I might. You let me know. Let me know if it gets any better. This, this is, I think the 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 funny stuff was 
was funny. I just don't think there was enough of it. Yeah, that's fair. I'll probably watch more just because I like baseball. That's fair. Yeah. Also, Darcy Carden is great. Yep. Exactly. Great. That's, I think, why I was so heartbroken that she turned out to be a dick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, oh, well, you got anything else? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it bugs me in movies like this. These are all supposed to be uh, people that were recruited, presumably, for their baseball skill, much to the chagrin of the guy that that's running this joint because he wanted, you know, women who are women and not foul mouthed, whatever, whatever. Right. But the recruiter clearly didn't know that because he got a bunch of baseball players. But man, some like when they were showing scenes where they were swinging the bat, like taking batting practice or whatever, some of their forms were just fucking terrible. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how they didn't get somebody that played baseball on their staff to be like, you can't, you can't swing like that. You, you throw out your shoulder immediately. Yeah, I agree. It. I don't know how there was even anything to recruit. You know, I didn't think that organized women's baseball was a a thing before that. So how are they traveling to Canada to watch women baseball right. players? Yeah, just another hole to poke in this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what always bugs me in movies? Uh, they were at the bar, or in this TV show, in this case, they were at the bar and they were swing dancing. There were a lot of really complicated swing dance moves that they were doing there. Yeah. That feel like they would require a lot of practice. And not only that, but practice with the specific person that you're dancing with. Because, you know, some of these things where you're flipping somebody over or throwing them up in the air, it kind of seems like you both need to know what's about to happen for that to work out. Okay. Yeah. I always think about that too. And like, um, like, movies set in victorian times and they're at a ball and then they all just automatically know the steps to the the big ballroom dance that they're all doing that at least makes sense because there was i think a culture around especially the aristocracy like knowing those dances like it was just important that you knew how to do these very particular dances a swing dance was kind of a free form everybody doing some crazy ass wild shit and no, I, I don't get how everybody was on the same page. Oh, I see what you're saying. I just thought that they were all co- as choreographed as anything else. Maybe, maybe there's a maybe that's also part of episode two. Is uh, uh, I don't think we see Carson do any swing dancing, do we? I think she was just kind of regular dancing on the floor, yeah, and part of their uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're getting proper training from their chaperone, like on how to be a lady. And part of that, that training is how to swing dance. <laughs> so she's just like, uh, got everybody in a big room the next day. Like I saw a lot of missteps, like you did pretty good, but we're going to run through this dance a few times. Some of you just don't have enough boogie in your hips, you know? <laughs> right. Let me see if I got anything else. I don't think so. Do you got anything? Nothing that seems interesting. Yeah. All right. Want to wrap it up? Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to the episode one podcast with Michael and Eric. You can check our website. It's episode one podcast.com spelled out O N E, or you can follow us on Twitter at podcast episode one. And that's the number one. If you like the show, or even if you don't leave a five star rating or review or else. I, I don't know what the else is, but 
uh, one of these days I'll come up with it. Also, big thanks to Boz Z for the use of our theme song. Thanks, Boz. See you next week when we watch whatever she said we're going to watch. Troll Hunters. Yes, Troll Hunters.